0: hey everybody this is the never heard of It podcast this is the show where we talk about the movies that have fallen through the cracks from sean harwell and joined of course by my co-host craig moorhead craig how are you buddy
1: sean i'm doing just fine uh still uh riding this whole thing out at home and uh School's about to end. Actually, tomorrow, as of this recording, tomorrow will be the last day of school for my kids. Anyway,
0: fun. They end on a Monday.
1: Yeah, I mean, weird. (laughs) It's like most school years where it's like the last week isn't really school, but like, like Friday was barely school. And at this point, I have (laughs) no idea why they're meeting on Monday. Like, it doesn't make any sense really. But uh, other than that, you know, it's it's on a schedule, so it's gonna happen. Yeah, my uh,
0: daughter's last day of school consisted of a one-hour Zoom meeting, I think. I think that was it. Yeah. In the middle of the day, which is yeah. fine at that point. Yeah, it was just like, yeah, nothing is happening anyway. Right. So.
1: Whatever, yeah, whatever closure you need, there's plenty of time for it. Well, uh, but that's uh, happening on my end. Sean, uh, what's going on with you?
0: Not a ton, but when you said, um, I think you said the word wave. Now, I can't even remember if you did, but I'm thinking
1: mm.
0: now that we need to come up with some other way to talk about covid Versus waves. You know, I feel like that's unfair to the ocean. It is. And that's going to be a theme of our show tonight. That's true. Beach, and I don't know. I don't want to taint waves, you know? No, no. There's already sharks and jellyfish and stuff to do that.
1: Right, right. And they've had it hard enough.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, other than that, I'm, you know, I, I cannot complain. Obviously, there's a just, we were just talking seconds ago about how hard it is to keep up with the various crises that plague us, Mm -hmm. uh, no pun intended, daily, and it'll be a little bit before this episode drops, so hopefully we didn't miss anything major, and it doesn't sound like we're just being completely insensitive idiots, Yeah, you know, more so than we normally are. Right. But uh, (laughs) that's just, it's June 14th, so maybe people will cut us a little bit of slack when they get around to listening to this. Anyway. Indeed. Let's do this. Let's tell people where they can come say hello if they'd like to do so, and then we'll, we'll get talking some movies.
1: That's a great idea. Yeah, if you want to contact us and ask us why we didn't mention the horrible thing that just happened <laughs> uh, moments before you started listening to this podcast, you can find us on Twitter, at Never Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, at Never Podcast. Uh, on Instagram, you'll find us, at N-H-O-I-T Podcast. That's N-H-O-I-T Podcast. Uh, any one of those places. If you want to suggest a movie or, uh, you know, I don't know, let us know how you felt about the latest episode. Really, that's where you can find us. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find the podcast itself on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public at the least. Uh, if you find it anywhere else, let us know. But anywhere you find it, if you could please subscribe and leave a review, that would certainly help. Uh, I see that we have um, not only has our our female audience grown, which I'm very excited about, uh, yes. but but our, our our audience in France is growing, and Jeez. I'm not exactly sure why, but I'm very happy about that. I wish I could say it's because we have targeted it uh, to to grow our audience in France specifically, and we're masterminds, but that's not that's definitely not it. <laughs> Uh, so whoever's listening out there in France, thank you so much. And uh, uh, I would say that in French, but it would just be insulting, really. It would sound terrible.
0: Now, see, I, that my theory is that's why. Yeah, I mean, look, it's Anchor is telling us 15 percent of our audience is in France right now. Yeah, uh, which is insane. I think it's because I, you know I've been watching a couple French films lately. When we sure. talk about what else we watched, you know. Yeah. And it's because I'm getting the names so wrong. Mm. That it's just become a national joke in certain you know on some Reddit or somewhere. It, it like, really but could be that very that's why they're listening. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like do you want an example <laughs> yes. of how dumb Americans can be? Yeah.
0: Listen to this jackass say Olivier say us wrong again and uh, whatever right. else I've said uh, uh, a couple of times now. Well no. anyway.
1: Whatever it takes to become famous. And <laughs> yeah. speaking of fame, Sean, back mm. to you. <laughs>
0: wow. I like that's, how you dropped that's that. That's
1: a real bad segue. Yeah. No good. Um ahead.
0: Okay, well, I can segue to, I'm going to, because I continue to enjoy uh, sending people to other things that they can listen to instead of this, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it again. And it does involve a famous person, Craig. i got another podcast I just started that I'm kind of excited
1: about. Fantastic.
0: It's called Son of a Hitman. And it's also, uh, it's a Spotify production, so most of the episodes are going to show up early on there, and again, you don't have to have a paid account to listen, but uh, it's also, you can subscribe in whatever podcast player Mm -hmm. you choose. It is about Charles Harrison, who is Woody Harrelson's father, who oh, died in yeah. prison. I didn't know this. Like, yeah, he had been sentenced to two life sentences for killing a federal judge, uh, I think in the 60s or 70s. And uh, it's crazy. I didn't know that. So they're getting into that. I don't think Woody is going to be on the podcast, but his brother, at least one of his brothers, is uh, heavily. So oh. it's interesting. Another possible CIA connection to, uh, to explore there, too. So yeah excited to see where they go with that. And if it doesn't go anywhere exciting, I'll also let you know sometime beyond that. But first, Craig, mm. I'd like you to let me know uh, what else you've watched since the last time we talked.
1: Oh, boy, I've watched some stuff. Uh,
0: Good, my list is short, so okay. i on you today.
1: Okay, great. Um, So first and foremost, a, a couple of TV shows that, that I've watched. I've mentioned them before, and I finished them out. Uh, One was Defending Jacob. Uh, oh, yeah. As I remember, I was saying, uh, yeah, it's not uh, necessarily groundbreaking, but it's a engrossing sort of courtroom drama suspense, you know, who did this kid do it or not type thing. Uh, I'm going to do kind of a mild spoiler here. That's okay. Because the ending, I mean, I was pretty much with it up until the ending. And at the ending, I realized... They weren't going to answer that central question, oh. and I can't deal with it. Uh, they so want you to
0: come back for one more season to find out who killed JR.
1: I guess. I mean, yeah, I was like, that. the only thing I cared about was whether or not the kid did it or not and what really happened, and they just kind of, oh, we're going to punt this to next season. <laughs> so... I uh, really don't like that very much, so at the very least, I'm going to be waiting until that series is entirely done before I dip my toe back in there.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, now, see, that's that's interesting because I think I'm a lot more uh, gracious about that in nonfiction, right? Sure. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, 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 Making a Murder. I th- mm-hmm. What the hell is this? Maybe. Avery guy and uh, Netflix, that show. And... Um, Several podcasts I've listened to that you know do the true crime thing, but don't have an answer for because there's not an answer necessarily. Right. So I'm with you though. Like (laughs) it's especially a series, a TV where you put in what nine, ten hours there probably, or you got at least eight hours. I would guess. Right. um, Invested in it,
1: and and it's the only answer that question. It's the only question that my wife and I talk about when we're talking about the show, and and during the show, it's like I don't know. I, I think he did it. I don't think mm-hmm. he did it and that's the only thing we care about. That's what's <laughs> bringing us back every week. Right. So yeah, if there was some larger thematic thing in defending Jacob that I just was not seeing that made that ending amazing, then that's one thing, but yeah, it's just You're done felt like, defending
0: defending Jacob.
1: Yeah. It's like they, okay. they 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 instead of answering that question, they set it up so there are a bunch of new questions and I just said, "No one. I want to know the answers to the questions. I don't want to watch just the, the, the question show. Yeah. Uh, that's why I don't watch Jeopardy. So I know. You've always hated it. I've yeah. always hated Jeopardy. Until <laughs> the day I die. Uh, anyway, better move along here. Uh, another show, Handmaid's Tale. Very similar uh, experience. Oh. First season, I'm loving it. I'm loving yeah. that show. Top to bottom, first season. I was like, I am so into this show. This is sh- it's so relevant. It's so, uh, it's infuriating. It's so like thought provoking. Uh, it's just it's just challenging and 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 it's and it's just it's it it takes you to some some very special angry places. And then uh, the second season was fine, but it started to kind of slow down a little bit, and I wasn't really sure why. And we were getting a lot more shots, close ups of June, the main character, and I mean they love to get that camera right in her grill. I mean, there's probably 18 yeah. minutes of just a close-up <laughs> of her eye with a tear coming out of it in every episode. Okay. Um, and, and she's killing it. I mean, I mean, Elizabeth Moss is just, she's great. Yeah. I, what, what they're asking her to do on an emotional level is brutal, constantly, very brutal. And, and the same with really the whole cast, the whole cast is really amazing. Um, and then we got into the third season and it felt pretty much like the second season. And, uh, and at some point I turned to my wife and I said, uh, you know, so, the, so the whole point of handmaid's tale is, uh, this group of religious right extremists have taken over a portion of the country and, you know, they've taken children away from these women and the, who are now the handmaids and they have to serve as, well, it's all disgusting. There's a lot of rape and it's mm-hmm. horrible. Um, and the only thing I want is for June to get out of there, and June has uh, uh, has an opportunity in the first season, I think, or maybe at the beginning of the second season, and that goes all wrong. More spoilers, by the way. Oh, cool. And then, and then, uh, and then, the end of the second season, she's got like a beautiful opportunity. I mean, nothing standing in her way, and she decides to stay, and. I get why she decided to stay in the second season. I won't spoil that, but I was it's still... It's because they
0: wanted a third season. That's well, a part of me, yeah.
1: A part of me was, was felt exactly that way. And and so, uh, you know, I, I understood why why they were saying she was deciding to do that. But at the same time, I was like, this place is hell on earth. And like the reason you're staying, I don't know if that's a good enough reason to stay. Like... The problem that you're trying to solve by staying could be solved by you also going to Canada. Like, I don't see why you need to stay in this situation. You could die at any second. Um, Yeah. uh, And then in the third season, I said to my wife, if she doesn't make it out of here in this season, I'm not going to watch any more of this because there's definitely going to be an opportunity because that's what the whole show seems to turn on. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, spoilers. Yet again, she has this opportunity. Yet again, oh God, she, I guess, sort of sacrifices herself. The, the 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 tough thing to swallow in the third season, and you can cut a lot of this out, by the way. But the tough thing yeah. to swallow in the third season is the, this this land that these people have created. Like people are just executed for fucking nothing, just just killed for talking back. You know, just mm. it's 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 horrible, and yet june is completely defiant does things <laughs> that are ridiculous like every time she does something new against these people to their face i'm like well she's she's gotta hang now like there's no way and yeah. somehow they come up with a reason why Well, we're not going to do that to you but meanwhile like they'll throw somebody off a cliff who that you just met in that episode for <laughs> doing something you no know? and it's just like so yeah it, it feels like the the um Somebody somebody needs to be at the reins of that show. Like I, I don't I don't know what the deal is going on there, but uh, it was disappointing. The first season though is so good, and I really wish it had uh, continued there. I'll make the rest That's of this. A, yeah.
0: it's a problem with contained settings for TV. Mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right. It's you know Gilligan's Island and Lost, yeah. and uh, there's there's been several shows that you wait for them to leave that environment, and then frequently when they do. It, you can't help it; it just becomes something else, and something right. else less interesting. So, yeah. On the one hand, I understand why you say, but yeah, it's just like you, I, you just hold that carrot in front of the audience for so long, and eventually, they're just like they stop running, you know?
1: Well, exactly. And 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 it's like the stakes. Yeah, you're not sure. You're not sure how the rules even work anymore. Uh, yep, that's yeah, a problem. It's 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 a little disappointing. Eh, that's too bad. Uh, well, the first season, maybe, but hang on to that I, one. I think that's another one where I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna wait till the whole series is done and kind of see how people feel about it. Yeah, and like if it kind of redeems itself, maybe I'll go back. But I didn't get that. no, you try no, again? no, Siri, no one's talking. To me. <laughs> Sorry, Siri's been it's trying okay. to be a co host.
0: Yeah, I can and, tell.
1: Uh, I've, t- I've had to have a few talks with her anyway. Let me get through this list. Uh, also, watched with the family, watched The Incredible Journey from 1963. A Disney movie about three, uh, two dogs and a cat making their way back to their owners. I couldn't find any write-ups about treatment of animals on that set. Just
0: assume that several were killed.
1: Dude, it (laughs) had to be. It was, (laughs) yeah, Uh, uh, just just because, you know, CG didn't exist. Like, everything looks very real. And no animals die on camera. Well, that's good. But I mean... There's a lot of stuff where it's just like that animal is in distress, mm-hmm. and I don't know who's watching over it right yeah, now. that was tough. kind of disappointing. uh watched the lovebirds uh movie from this year kamel Nanjani oh, yeah. and uh, Issa Ray. uh it's, it's good good oh, <laughs> this, this sounds shitty good enough okay uh it, it was kind yeah. of a perfect thing. It's like exactly what we wanted to watch. Uh, it was a lot of good funny bits in it uh, I think with the two of them and with Michael Showalter being the director like it could have been a lot funnier I feel like they have a lot uh, a lot more funniness in all of them yeah. this is the first thing I've ever watched with Issa Rae and I thought she was great I want to see more with her I know she's got a show on HBO I want to check that out cool um, but still a uh, fun movie fun movie uh, watched Little Women from last year nice. thought that was incredible I loved it yeah yeah, I mean, so much, so much plot, so much jumping around, and yet that thing was so clear to me the whole way through. I just, I, I loved it. So many characters, mm-hmm. and each one of them having really their own stories going on. Um, so yeah, I just, I thought that was, uh, really, really good. Um, another one that's sort of lighthearted. There's, there's a little bit of darkness in there, but it, it kind of fit the bill again after, after our descent into Handmaid's oh, Tale. Yeah. We we needed a lot of stuff to kind of counterbalance that. Did your kids so watch was, that? Yeah, it, we they didn't, but yeah, I mean they totally. Yeah, my daughter. I, I wouldn't know. If yeah, it yeah, my did daughter
0: it. watched it with us, and she kind of dug it. Yeah,
1: There's yeah, A lot to keep yeah. up
0: with for sure, but I thought it was great. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, yeah, and so yeah, very very smartly done. Not not overexplained, uh, and finally uh, watched Artemis Fowl with the family. Uh, I it's um. I I, the the joke is I guess release the Kenneth Branagh cut. Oh god. I I would love to see I know there's a lot more that was in the movie that's been cut out, but I again I, I looked I tried to look for some information on what happened. Was it test marketed and people uh like didn't like certain things so they went in and changed stuff. I don't know, but it's as the movie as it is is so inconsistent and uh, I, I'm not even clear on what was happening or why people were doing what they were doing. And it's only an hour and a half. And there are really good people in it. But uh, um, as someone else pointed out, um, I wish I could remember where the where the write-up was, but uh, this is not my own thought. but And I didn't even think about it while I was watching it. But there's a framing story where Josh Gad, the actor, is uh, telling the story to someone in flashback. And then you sort of realize... Halfway through the movie, that he's not a part of any of these events that he's talking about at oh, all. Interesting. So he just made it up. And he sort of sh- he sort of showed, shows up at the end. Well, it's just I don't know. I mean, it's not it's not played like he's lying about anything. Hmm. So I I feel like that was a, a tacked on thing when they when they cut a bunch of stuff out of the movie, they needed something to come in and fill in the holes. But it's there's just a lot that doesn't make Weird. sense. Weird. And it's kind of exhausting. Good good cast. Looks really good. The moments. Uh, you know the action moments seem very good, but yeah, it's it's um, motivations and character development are not there at all. So it's kind of crazy. But Sean, interesting. I hope you've had better luck than I have. What do you
0: watch? Uh, slightly. So, um, I watched Just Mercy, which at oh, the yeah. time of this recording, at least, is available pretty much everywhere as a as a free rental. Um, for any place that you can rent, and even you know, like on iTunes, it's 4K, everything Dolby Vision, so looks great. I didn't. I think this is a good message, and not a great movie by any any like qualification that I can make, and mainly mm-hmm. because the main character that uh, Michael B. Jordan plays is just so flat. Like I, I'm struggling to think of another. Protagonist that you know in a uh, film for adults that like I, I I couldn't tell you a single flaw to his character Craig. Oh yeah. Not only that, like I can't even tell you like anything beyond that. He, like anything that he's dealing with beyond what's right in front, like the case. You know. I mean, right. he, like most legal thrillers, there's some sort of like story going on, kind of outside of yeah. the case. And there, there really isn't much there uh, for him to chew on. And I think it's reflected in the performance. It just isn't that interesting. I mean, I kind of felt, yeah. I mean, I'll, you know, Fruitville Station is fantastic. And I think Michael B. Jordan is really good. And boy, there's just not much there, I don't think, in this one. Um, That's too bad. Jamie Foxx is, is excellent. It's not a huge part in this. Um, but mm-hmm. he is kind of uh, the central figure in some ways. But again, on the one hand, like a movie like this, maybe this is something that's that makes like the topic of incarceration and, you know, being racially biased as far as uh, I I don't want to spoil anything. But if this is for the masses and the way that hidden figures is kind of for the masses or the help um, where they're inventing things fine there's Mm -hmm. there's not like a white savior in this movie so in some ways i I prefer it to some of those others but right then that's fine you know again good message based on a true story just not a great movie but i also watched 13th the documentary from uh Ava duverene and uh that thing's incredible like that i feel like should just be required in high school um it would be a different world. I think if, uh, if that were the case and what's interesting as far as watching these back to back is that the lawyer that Michael B. Jordan plays is in 13th and he's more charismatic (laughs) in that documentary than he is as a character in this fictionalized version, which again, made me just think by the end of watching just mercy was like, this would have been a better documentary. I guarantee it. I guarantee
1: it. Well, yeah I mean you know that could be that sort of curse about making a movie about someone who's still alive mm-hmm. and you gotta like put them in the you know best possible light cause you know y- y- you don't want them getting mad at you before your movie comes out and then yeah characters who are all portrayed in the best possible light are not usually the most interesting. Yeah, and,
0: and maybe that guy, I mean, maybe that is an accurate uh, projection of his life in Just Mercy. But again, like on screen in 13th, he's really captivating, like the way he talks and yeah. stuff. And it just, it, it fell a little flat to me in that one. But see 13th, it's, it's excellent. And that too is, I gotcha. believe, Netflix has even made that on YouTube available for free. So if you don't subscribe oh, nice. to Netflix, check out uh, YouTube and see if you can find it. And then um, that's it. That's the only thing I've watched in full. I did rewatch about an hour of Jaws the other night because I noticed that if you got it on iTunes, folks, it got upgraded to 4K, Dolby oh, Vision yeah. for free. And uh looks incredible. That movie looks so good. Yeah. There's some great close-ups in that movie. Uh,
1: yeah, it does.
0: And then surprisingly, Nashville got the exact same treatment, the Robert Altman movie, which I just, that I mean, like, I don't, I'm, I know there's an audience for Nashville, and I know they just right. had a Criterion uh, edition come out on Blu-ray, but I, I wasn't expecting it to just pop up in 4K over the weekend. And it looks way better because I watched it earlier this year uh, in just the HD presentation that iTunes had, and it looks way, 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 way better. It's probably the same transfer used by Criterion. So that's always good. It's nice when movies like that get uh, new transfers. So, Absolutely. Uh, I look forward to watching the rest of them. That's it. All I got.
1: Well, that is uh, a very uh, good list of things that you watched, Sean. You explained them beautifully.
0: Thank you. Well, let's call it a night. I'll talk to you next week. The <laughs> no, we can't do that because we have to talk about Atlantics or Atlantiques for our, our mm-hmm. 15% France, France. I See, there I go. They're going to be laughing at that now. Oh,
1: boy. Yeah. <laughs> our
0: French audience. Uh, this is the film directed by Matisse Diop. And from 2019, we teed it up last week. You know, if you listen to that, that she is the niece of the late uh, Jibril Diop Mambeti, who made Tukibuki, the movie we watched in the first half of this month. And Atlantics has this as its logline. In a popular suburb of Dakar, workers on the construction site of a futuristic tower, without pay for months, decide to leave the country by the ocean for a better future. Among them is Suleiman, the lover of Ada, promised to another. And I'm going to go ahead and call out IMDb for a fairly sexist log line there because the movie has nothing to do, as far as a plot yeah. of it, with the men. They leave and they are not in the movie again until the very, very end. It is about Ada. Right.
1: Uh, and even then, just sort of barely. Yeah,
0: and the women that are left behind. So shame on you, Atlantics. But there we are. Shame on you, Atlantics. Good God, shame on you, IMDb.
1: <laughs> IMDb. There we
0: go. Yes, but uh, on the one hand, I'll give them the credit for not spoiling anything. This is uh, built as a drama, mystery, romance, and you know, if you remember our tagline last week, it's that you know every love story is a ghost story, which I like a lot. And there, there's a bit of a supernatural element to this film, which I found kind of interesting and surprising. And of course, it is shot in Dakar which is in cynical, and uh, Craig. Mm. Why don't we first, since IMDb can't get it right, mm-hmm. uh, here I am, let's just assume, and it didn't happen this way, but uh, <laughs> because I'm not going to do any more complete butchering, hopefully, of French, and just I'm working at Netflix you want to make Atlantics? You come in the room. What do you got for me as far as like? Why should I? Why should I greenlight this?
1: Uh, well, the main reason you should greenlight it is because it's a movie. Uh, unlike most others, uh, mainly in the filmmakers who are behind it and its subject matter, you're not gonna have anything quite like this on Netflix. And- now, are you
0: sure? Because we got a lot of. I mean, there's stuff I haven't even heard of, and I work here on Netflix.
1: No, I know I, I understand <laughs> that, but I've actually taken the time oh, really? to watch every second of programming on okay, Netflix. I like that.
0: You did your research. Okay, yeah. continue.
1: Absolutely. Um and this this movie is going to it's going to be a bit of an art house thing, hmm. but I'm going to tell you right now this movie is going to deliver the goods. This is the kind of movie that it's going to get by it's going to it's going to uh come to prominence through a lot of word of mouth. People are going to check this out. People who don't even think they like this kind of movie are going to check it out and say, wow, that was really, I liked that a lot and I was not expecting it. It doesn't move. like. Look, you've got deals with Michael Bay and Adam Sandler and great guys, great know, guys. stuff like yeah. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're bringing, you're bringing uh, Spike Lee movies on. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. I love what you're doing, but no one's making a movie like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you, you've got to fill that gap. Otherwise, you know who's probably going to take it? Don't Those say it, yokels over to Amazon. Oh, I thought you were going to say Quibby. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> Quibby, is the last stop. But I mean, the <laughs> the point being, uh, uh, it's 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 about these uh men who are uh, uh uh they're trying to get uh paid by their at their construction site. The guy who's running the thing is stiffing them on their payments, and these men they take off in a boat one night. And then no one sees them again. And what's left behind, and what the story is really about, are the women who are left behind. Hmm. And then there's this supernatural element mm-hmm. that comes into it, where suddenly these women, they kind of, they're like, they're like sick, they're cold, and they don't know what's wrong. And 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 people are trying to take care of them, but they don't know what's going on. This is a great pitch, by the way. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and and like at night, the women will get up and they'll all walk to the guy's place, the guy who owes all this money to, the, to their, 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 their dudes who've been working so hard at the construction site. You know? mm. They'll go to this guy's place and demand his money. Their eyes are all white. Interesting. It's like, what's going yeah. on? And he tries to threaten them, and they don't care. They laugh at him. You know? yeah, yeah. And you come to understand that the men's souls are, are speaking through these women who they were so uh, intimately uh, attached to in life. And those men have died, you know, but now they've they've come back through uh, through the women. And the women are also, in the daytime, you know, they're trying to deal with the fact that they've lost these men. There's a main character. There's a main... Uh, the, our, our main character, uh, a- Ada. Ada, right? I think it's Ada. Ada.
0: Ada. Our Ada. main
1: character. Hmm. Yeah.
0: I'll know tell know. you how to pronounce it when we get to later. It's a pro- note. Thanks.
1: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we'll see. Whoever whoever pronounces it first in the movie will say that's out. But, uh... Our main character, Ada, she, she, she's she's promised to someone else to get married to them. But she's in love with this fellow named Solomon. And Solomon is, was on that boat and he went out and he died. Yeah. You know, so she, so that's the kind of the drama that we're following while all this is happening. You know, when you're in Senegal, when are you ever in Senegal? I mean, you really get to like soak in Senegal in this movie. It's okay. fantastic. A lot of good drama, uh, some nice super supernatural elements and a very satisfying ending. I think Atlantic is uh, Atlantic is what you're going to want uh, coming up this year for your uh, streaming okay. uh, customers.
0: Well, we did as you know invent the supernatural series with Stranger Things. So
1: Oh yeah. We do have that. Oh, I know, I know. Huh? The what differentiates this is I'm not pretending it's the 80s.
0: Okay. Well, that's different. That's different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't have anything from Australia, so that's pretty good. Um, wait. What's that?
1: Yeah, that's fine. Okay, Go ahead. Yeah.
0: Um, do you think you could get like a runner-up at uh, at the Cannes Film Festival?
1: Uh, it's almost guaranteed.
0: Okay, well, you got stuff a green light then.
1: Yay! Woo!
0: Yeah, who are we kidding? It's Netflix, of course. Now, um, yeah. I, I do give Netflix a lot of credit for for picking this up and, and putting it out there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what their numbers are in Africa. and I'm, I mean, they're obviously a very global corporation at this point, so I'm sure yeah. it does... It probably does tick off some demographics in their in their viewership, and it did with us, right? Mm-hmm. So, well done. I, you know what? You did such a good job with that. I will start by telling you what I thought of Atlantics, Greg. Awesome. As you predicted with your pitch, I, you're right. I did enjoy soaking up Dakar and Senegal uh, as much as anything else in this film. I liked the style of it. I liked the pace of it. I like how she shot the ocean to almost look at times as if it were white. It's very overexposed in moments. Yeah. And there's a lot of zoom lens, so it just looks flat and calm, almost like a painting in motion in a weird way. And it, it does sort of lull you into this uh, hypnotism, which is somewhat reflected in the supernatural, the way these women walk with their cloudy eyes. And uh, there's also the character is- uh, Issa, Played by Amadou mm-hmm. Mbao, um, who is a police investigator who uh, who's inhabited by the spirit of Suleiman, whom you mentioned did not make it off of that boat, and yeah, it's 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 discomforting and f- frightening without being horrific, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think it it just found like a like a weird little sweet spot there for me as far as. Like I, I didn't like looking at it because it was yeah. like uncomfortable. And it, it was like imagining walking into your house with your wife and there's six women in there and they have cloudy eyes and they're just staring at you and they're not moving. And that would uh, that would be enough to send me out to buy a new home and move and live somewhere else far, <laughs> far away. So yeah. I liked that side of it. I thought that was cool, but most of all Craig. I thought uh, and here we go folks. Mama not mama. Mame Benetta Sane. Mm-hmm. The lead actress is Ada. I thought she yeah. was incredibly good. I I yeah. she anchored this entire thing and did so very very well in my opinion. And I think as we discussed these are mostly non-professionals at least they don't have long resumes if they're not. And I I, I was with her. I, I felt the love that she had for Suleiman, even though that's a very brief uh, thing that we get up front. And it was clear that she did not love the man that she was betrothed to and that he was not a very lovable person, perhaps, at least not in this situation. And I sensed her loss and her grief, and that made me care about the journey that she was on emotionally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree that the casting was really good. Uh, Honestly. Yeah. Especially with her and Suleiman at the beginning. Um, And, and they're fine actors, but they're also not actory actors, which is nice. And, and just, just, just the way they look, you know, they're just, it's, it's, you got that young love or at least young lust or something, you know, that you're kind of, you key into immediately and they both are they both sort of represent that sort of time when you're both still really innocent but not so innocent Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i think the casting was really good and that really did pull me in and she really did she 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 did anchor this entire thing and she had a lot of stuff to go through without ever uh chewing the scenery yeah you know, there's just nothing like that. Like it, it, it does stay very slice of life, and like you were saying, really love the fact how much time I got to spend in Dakar, mm-hmm. and and just feel like I'm there without without really going overboard with that uh, that kind of sense of like, well, okay, let's speed things along. You know, I gotta say, yeah, I was I was uh, loving all that stuff.
0: And it's kind of interesting, too, to watch this uh, directly after watching Tukibuki because in some sense, I feel like Tukibuki had a wider portrait of Dakar. Like, we saw Mm -hmm. more of it. And here's a movie made how many years later? And I'm sure the budget was bigger. And it's, it's a little more contained. It's a little more limited in what you see. There is still sort of the juxtaposition of... Of wealth and means versus a, a lower class of, of uh, inequality, uh, income inequality there for sure. And right. we go into those homes in both instances. Um, it's a little more, I guess, urban. It's, there's not mm-hmm. any sort of, well, first of all, No animals get killed in this movie on screen. So, you know, look, uh, I understand it's a product of its era and and its culture, but I, I for one, was relieved to not have to go through that again. Indeed. Uh, But it it does, they feel connected to me in in a way that I'd like to think I would have picked up on if we had just chosen these from, you know, completely random and did not know Mm -hmm. that the directors were related to one another. Sure. Um, Which is cool. And, um you sense that change has certainly happened in Dakar I mean these buildings are huge that they're the building and I know that that's some of that was CGI I believe um, or yeah. um, you know like a, a matte painting of some kind the tower that's being built but beyond that yeah it definitely looks what we're seeing looks like it's grown since since Tukibuki but some of those same themes are there and especially just this this idea of this couple this young couple in love and one wanting to leave and find a better life elsewhere, Um, it does feel very much sort of like a a symbiotic relationship here between these two films. And I liked, you know, I can see if you want to get super snobby and say, okay, enough already with the ocean motif. I liked how you could just see it sometimes in the background. Um, Specifically, I'm thinking of in the character Dior, uh, played by Nicole, Nicole Sugu, her bar that she owned. Like, there's just shots where you could just see through two different rooms and in the background there's the ocean. Um right. And it seemed like it was like almost like right on top of them. Like, I never had a good sense of like how much actual beach was there. I'm assuming there's more than just the way the, the lens made it look. But, Yeah. I liked that. I, I mean, I, I noticed it and usually I'm too dumb to notice that kind of thing. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, there was obviously like very direct moments where you're only seeing the ocean. But, I felt it throughout and it it added a lot to the experience for me, at least in this instance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: well, let's talk a little bit about, uh, that marriage and that whole side of things, because I mean, I I am so limited in my knowledge uh, about any sort of like arranged marriage, but specifically like a Muslim, uh, situation in this part of the world. And it's interesting because uh, Ada is, ref- you know, she's not dressed in any sort of like traditional religious garb. There's no, there's no uh, head covering. Uh, her sister, mm-hmm. uh, Mariama, I think is the character's name, mm-hmm. uh, played by Kuda Fall, does wear one and appears to be, more- I mean, we do see Ada prey. Um, but beyond that, she doesn't strike me as a very religious person at all. I mean, she no. feels like a completely modern young adult. Um, she's sneaking out at night with her girlfriends to go to this you know, bar nightclub. That's when they find out that the men had left. Um, but we do. I, I liked that there was a bit of that wedding sequence. Well, I assumed it to, like, I wasn't really sure, too, you know, because it kind of starts with, um, it's just, like, all the women, like, arriving in a car. And I was like, is this, like, a bachelorette party? Do they do this over here? (laughs) And uh, quickly realized, I don't think that's what's happening here. I think this is actually going to be the wedding, Um, which appears, like, you know, it seemed like it it took place in the house of the husband's family. Um, And there's just this, like, super interesting to me kind of Western influence into this lifestyle where the wedding happens and they're walking around the house, this group of women. And Ada shows them to this room that's essentially all white. You know, there's a brand new bed and mm-hmm. it just looks like it's completely been refurnished and done up nice. And of course, Ada is still in love with uh, Suleiman, who's left her. So, there's no, you know, you can read the emotion on her face plain as day. She doesn't want to be there. But, like, her friends are sitting down and taking selfies, and, like, they're completely, like, smitten with the idea of just having means and wealth. And, like, right. forget love. Like, you don't have to. It doesn't matter. Like, he's gone. This guy that she's marrying is in Italy for seven months out of the year, It said. Um Yeah. I, do you have, like, any, like, I don't know, like, was that completely foreign to you, just that whole sort of experience and, and going through that? And were you picking up on sort of, I mean, an iPhone is, like, an object of prominence in this movie. And, yeah. I mean, were you expecting that, or is it just, like, completely dumb American on my part to be like, oh, there's an iPhone in this movie? Like, I'm surprised, or help me out here.
1: Well, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I I think there are, you know... Um, uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm just as dumb American as anything else, but you know, p- past experience has taught me that that it's like these things do kind of uh, filter down from from American culture and from the West, and and goes out. But well, I don't know. I mean, that th- that it's an iPhone. Like I think iPhone is just is I, it, everywhere. yeah. I mean, many places they can get it right. Um but there's there certainly did seem it certainly did feel like um between the movie tuki Buki and this movie this movie felt more uh I don't know relatable to me yeah and maybe that's just because it's you know it's it's shot in modern times and uh I, I don't know but but yeah, in some way, it felt closer to my experience than Tuki Buki did.
0: Well, they have text messaging, you know? It's like, i, I that's what I've like... Right. Like, the way that technology has sort of, like, shrunk the globe a little bit. Right. I, you see it, I think, in this somewhat. Th- through those simple well, you know, things the, like that, yeah.
1: The other thing I don't know at all is, like, what what is the social strata of the people in atlantics versus the people in tukibuki um i don't really know i don't really know i mean mean,
0: yeah that's a really good question because to me it felt like ada and Suleiman probably were like at a different income line than the two leads in tukibuki whose names i'm blanking on um but it may not be. I mean, that may just be like this is what that looks like now versus what it looked like at the time of Tukibuki.
1: Right. It it seemed like in Tukibuki there was maybe a, a, a lack of employment, mm-hmm. a lack of any kind of money, and w- where it's just like yeah, like we're gonna we're gonna rob some places and then we're gonna go to Paris. Yeah. You know. Whereas this seems like oh no, you can you can support yourself if your boss isn't a deadbeat. Yeah. Like. Like, there is, you know, you can have a life here, but but people are still, like, still want to get on that boat and head. Where were they going? Spain.
0: Yeah, risking their lives to go to Spain, yeah.
1: To go to Spain because, you know, apparently in Spain, it's a little better.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, and that Omar, yeah, like, the guy who's the husband who gives her the iPhone, like, you know, finding out that he works in Italy is like, oh, okay, that's why he's got... These clothes and this look about him right. and sunglasses. But I did notice like he's still driving like a little Chevy, like in at least in, yes. in Senegal. So, yeah, I, all that stuff was kind of interesting. And what I wanted to get back to actually, we just talking about the wedding was um, did you ever question like her commitment to, I guess, Omar more than Suleiman? I mean, do you think that that is. I guess maybe that's just a global like humanistic thing that if you're not in love with the person you're supposed to marry then it's just hard to fake it or do you think that's like right. I, I don't know like is a reality of the situation probably that 9 out of 10 are just like okay yeah I'm marrying into wealth okay good enough
1: Yeah I mean I I feel like it's probably something where uh <laughs> without ever living that life whatsoever I know it's like It f- seems like well, it seems like it'd be the kind of thing where if that is a prominent thing and you're, maybe you're, I mean, was she like betrothed to him or, or was it that they had a relationship before it? Cause it never seemed like she was that interested in him to begin I,
0: with. I don't know. That's a good question. Um,
1: but she's already involved with yeah. him at the beginning of the movie. Yeah.
0: And I don't want to, I, I definitely shouldn't miss, I don't know. That's good because like, yeah, the first sort of interaction yeah. we hear about this is, um, Like her mother is telling her to um, call him, and when she does, she's just like very cool in her conversation. And her mom's like, "Is that how you talk to your husband? (laughs) Like you're supposed to?" No, you know he's going to take a second wife if this is how you treat him. You know, you're supposed to say no, sweetie. And again, even just like the second wife concept is like completely. You know, hard for us to process, I think, even, you know, like one of her friends at some point is like, man, tell him I'll be his second wife, you know, just based on that room that, that she's showing them. Um yeah. But I don't know. I, I kind of assumed that there was some agreement between the families that but I did question because it, because of Omar's family, it appears they have so much more wealth. Than Ada's family, it's it's not like she's yes. bringing a mutual level of income to the table at all. Obviously, um, no. But the big thing is, talk about this—that uh, she's a virgin, and in fact, like right. as Ada completely uh, kind of ignores Omar, and later they get in a fight. The uh, this is after they've been, you know, uh, wedded. Uh, The family demands that she take a virginity test. And there's a scene where her mother, like, you know, insists that they go down to the doctor. And, you know, there's that humiliating thing of just having to sit on the table to prove this. And, of course, she is still a virgin. And uh, that's how she gets her phone back from her mother, which, and the phone's playing a part here. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there was ever love between them or not. I I don't know that it matters that much, but it is an interesting question.
1: I guess that's the thing is I I took it as a sort of, uh, your promise to him. And, and so it was just that classic sort of, you know, princess being betrothed to a Mm -hmm. prince or something where it's like, but she doesn't love him. She wants to marry somebody she loves, but he's not this, you know, he's not rich or something like that. Uh, but I will say that is, one of one of my few complaints about the movie is uh, at the beginning. There's a really nice tension set up where she's supposed to marry this guy, but she likes Suleiman mm-hmm. obviously, and you know, and and she clearly feels enough pressure to marry Omar that she's not calling it off. True, uh, but she's not happy about yeah. it at the same time, and so they go through it with it. They get married and everything, but later in the movie, you know, she has a fight with him, and he's like, Ah, fine whatever, you know, take off. And I guess the thing to me was it, I don't know, like the stakes didn't suddenly seem that high about the marriage. Like it seems like, oh, you could have just like said, yeah. nah, and walked away. And I mean, I, I get that she's, you know, it's its all building up for her throughout the movie. And so she feels, you know, even more strongly about it at that point than earlier on. But I, I don't know. I, I kind of expected a bigger fallout from her doing that. Or yeah. like Omar getting really... Uh, you know, possessive or something. Oh,
0: that's a good, that's a good observation. I I just suspect this is all like a cultural thing that we don't quite uh, understand because even the concept of like throwing the second wife option into the mix from just a pure story standpoint, like that in itself kind of dilutes the stakes of the first marriage, (laughs) doesn't it? Right. Just like, yeah, Yeah. Um, Omar. Okay. Like, yeah, I don't get along with this one, but I can go get another one. Um, but it does, like, again, yeah. it's like, well, what is she bringing to the equation? So I, we have some homework, I think, to do as far as, like, trying to wrap our heads around uh, exactly kind of how that would function in this environment. But but it is fascinating to watch. And I, I liked having the character of Omar there. I, I thought it was, like, a good presence to sort of, like, remind us of what she had with Suleiman, who's really not in the movie for the bulk of the movie, right? Um, Well, let's talk about the plot just a little bit and sort of what kicks off the supernatural element because I'm curious about uh, your reaction to that. So uh, the night of the wedding, uh, after, you know, uh, there's just a crowd of people at Omar's family's home, or I guess, well, what there is now Omar and uh, Ada's home. And at one point, the sister who... Has made it very clear that she does not like Ada's friends, and in fact, you know, I think calls them sluts at one occasion, and accuses Ada of acting completely different and reckless ever since she's met these friends or started hanging out with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but not long after the, all the selfies and that kind of thing, the sister says that she saw Suleiman. I think it's the sister. I'm pretty positive. And Ada yeah. is completely, you know, in disbelief about this and wants to find him. And then smoke alarm goes off and there's a fire that has broken out in the house. And we come to find out later it was in and contained to the mattress of that new bed. And I'm curious right. if if you had any, like, real theory at that point about what was happening <laughs> I, I had okay, nothing neither. at that
1: point. Okay. Uh, cer- certainly nothing close right. to what was actually yeah. going to be
0: happening. My only theory uh, was, yeah. did the sister do this? Uh, as a way of right. trying to say, Suleiman's back, he's pissed, and look how crazy he is. He tried to burn the whole house down. Um, and right. you know this will prevent her from ever having any sort of relationship with him because yeah. now he'll be wanted, etc. And it it, it, it is... Uh, the plot device that kicks off uh, the police involvement and the investigation that the uh, Issa character leads. And that too, I mean, it's an interesting thing because I, I did find myself sort of like wondering, would the police really be this involved in this particular crime, which is a crime where only a mattress was injured, you know? The only victim is a mattress. Yeah. And, but I also had to question is it one that he's this interested in because of who Omar's family is, which we don't know really other than beyond they are wealthy. And that felt like, well, maybe right. like that might be the actual situation is when somebody rich has a problem, they're the ones that get, they get all the attention. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I came at it from. That's what it yeah. felt like to me is like, Yeah, police are going to take it seriously Mm. because it's... Which is
0: not entirely different. (laughs) That is a Western culture. I mean, that is a a Western response as well that uh, we are all too familiar with, unfortunately. Um, But so yeah, Issa starts to investigate this thing and it happens again and it sort of coincides with that night, the women walking out of their apartments with the white eyes. And um, there tends to be uh, an illness that kind of... Uh, foreshadows and accompanies this transformation. Uh, there's one reference to like turning up the air conditioner. I think Issa says at some point, but they get real sweaty. It's almost like they have the flu or something. And then the eyes transition right. to being cloudy white, and they walk as if they're possessed. And yeah, I just I, th- I had no clue what was going on. I I really thought it was interesting that they showed up at the house of the foreman and asked for the amount of money that was owed the the men that were on that boat and it was not a small amount mm-hmm. it was 32 million dollars in whatever their currency is but I mean they, I think they the movie you know begins and opens with Suleiman and his crew that he's working with and they say they haven't been paid in four months almost which is right absurd right I mean God almighty yeah. imagine here, like forget it. Um and of course that guy does not seem to be uh being investigated by the police, right?
1: No.
0: Um but no. I just I I still I was kind of thinking there was something evil going on. I I, I don't know. I, I should have in hindsight, I think immediately jumped to the conclusion that they were being possessed by the men. But it mm-hmm. we don't know that they're dead at this point. And I don't know that I assumed that. Did you?
1: When they went to the guy's yeah. house, when they were in the house and they were asking you for the thought, money. You okay. thought
0: yes. you were completely figured. Yeah, I, I just, yeah. I
1: decided, oh, okay. So they're dead and they came back See, yeah, is, and they possessed gotta, the girls to gotta, try and get watch their more money. i horror back.
0: movies. You're way ahead of me on these things. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> it was I'm a so snap wondering. for me. It fails yeah. me. No. Um, but it becomes kind of a cat and mouse is a wrong way of putting it. Isa is becoming increasingly obsessed with figuring out what happened and he goes to the doctor and there's some pressure from his supervisor who is like, I paged you overnight and you never answered. And he said, just has like no recollection of what happened. And it's because every Mm -hmm. night when the sun goes down, they start to piece this together. That's when this transformation takes place. And so that like towards the end of it, he handcuffs himself to his like, Balcony door um, as the sun goes down, and I really like that transition there when his eyes cloudy over. Mm-hmm. And there's some mentioned by one of the other women about um, they had seen someone who I think told them it was possession, you know, and that there was something about this kind of possession and blah blah blah. And they needed to do this, and interestingly, it also happens to Ada's sister and. Man, there's a great shot. I really loved where they go in her room. Well, I don't know. I don't remember somebody went in and that's what motivated the kid, or they just cut to her room and like we had seen her in there before and she's feeling ill and then she's gone and it's just her bed and she's got this like one of those dehumidifiers they make or humidifiers they make for kids that's like yeah. shaped like a swan and it's just like steaming. Yeah. Mean, I don't know that I've ever seen a humidifier in a movie before right? I mean, it's, surely it's been there, yeah, but I was like, that's yeah. a great little visual device or, or just set dressing, you know, it adds something to the situation. Yeah. I just thought that was cool. But, um, you know, the, this sort of big kind of turn, I guess if there is one, and this is not a plotty movie, like don't let that come across at all. No. Is that Isa has video because we've seen a videographer at the wedding. Certainly mm-hmm. something that happens in uh, most weddings these days. Uh, and he's been watching the footage, and he finally finds a frame where he sees himself with cloudy eyes. And so the implication is he is the one that set the fire in that house on the night of the wedding. Yeah. I think at that point I realized that it must be Suleiman inhabiting him. I, I could just be saying that to make myself feel better right now. <laughs> I was just watching the movie, you know, enjoying the experience. But yeah, uh, the movie culminates when kind of around the text message that uh Ada gets on her iPhone to meet mm-hmm. at uh her friend Dior's bar, and Ada is convinced it is from Suleiman, she does not yet know that Suleiman has died. Um, I can't remember if Dior. Did she believe, did, did the rest of them believe that they were dead at that point or no? That the the, the guys were, were dead?
1: I okay. thought so. I thought everyone sort Except of accepted for Ada. it.
0: Okay. Yeah. It makes that's a ton worse, of sense anyway. if that's what it was. I'm just struggling to remember. But yeah. her friend is convinced this is a trap set up by the police. They don't recognize the number, but she does show up that night at the bar and all her friends are there. And they've got the cloudy eyes. And it's just it's a really it reminded me of some places I went in Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic, of these like smaller bars or just or just restaurants, or whatever, just right on the ocean and just open. Mm-hmm. Just like there's might as well not even be windows, right? And yeah. It's just dark and quiet, and there's this pulsating, what is that? Like an LED. Nightclub laser effects. It's just like on oh, this rotating angle. Right. And that's just going on constantly while these women sit there and tell about what happened. And in the reflection on this, you know, full m- mirror wall, you see the men themselves. And I. Just,
1: A great simple totally, effect.
0: Absolutely. And it yeah. absolutely worked. I thought it was really, really cool. And it builds to. Isa walking in, a police investigator, and it uses some cutting back and forth to we do finally see Suleiman, and Ada knows completely what's going on, and they begin to make out. They have sex that night, and I don't know. Like, I I, I guess I just I didn't expect it to go, like, there. I don't know, you know? I mean, it's mm-hmm. almost like Ghost, the movie, with Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore,
1: much
0: yeah. um, be- <laughs> sexier. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know, yeah, we watched High Spirits, and that's a that's a good example of trying <laughs> to do the yeah. romantic ghost thing and failing. I think fairly hard. No offense, Neil Jordan. Yeah, um, yeah. Here, I I thought it worked well. I, I, what are your thoughts on like just the making out <laughs> and spending the night together with. With added, I mean, because she knows that's not him, and yet, right, she's seeing him,
1: right, and it's all in that night, totally. Yep, all
0: in there. She wakes up the next morning, Dior's there and makes her coffee, you know, and Issa goes home, goes to work because
1: you've got this mirror where she can see Mm -hmm. it's Suleiman, you know, which is kind of a nice effect. Uh, I mean, I liked all of that mainly because, again. <clears throat> like their relationship at the beginning is so sexually yeah. charged that it's just like, man, if you, I don't know, if you had the chance and you could look in the mirror and see the person, that's about as good as he gets since he's not yeah. alive anymore. Um, I mean, it's it's certainly weird. Uh, I guess my uh bigger problem with any of that, and maybe... Maybe this is obvious. Maybe we should have a department on the, on the show where we call it we call it uh, dumb questions.
0: <laughs> I think our entire episode is usually that's true. To it's that.
1: Be the whole thing. Um, but why did Suleiman choose Issa to come back uh, in his, instead of Ada?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. And he is the only male that is inhabited by uh one of the one of the dead men
1: yeah hmm i wasn't a 100 percent clear on that i mean they did make kind of a big deal about her being a virgin and was could, could, could that be why like
0: well i i didn't want to skip that but, because it is i i think it is given importance in the film and as regards to you know her being basically able to marry um and now right you know, she she wouldn't. I guess um, she was able to give that to Suleiman via this other person.
1: True, true. But
0: I don't. That's a really, really good question. I, I'm like in my head trying to think. Well, um, Issa is a policeman, so he's seeking the truth of this situation and what happened through the fire, and uh, maybe he needs to be. Uh, the vessel for Suleiman, so he will also understand that Ada is innocent of what happened. But maybe. there's also well, maybe he's the vessel so that he can have sex with. Adda. I mean, I don't know. Uh Again, this was made by a woman, <laughs> well, guess, so yeah. I, I'm not
1: trying to um
0: you know completely just put sure. this on my male brain.
1: Well, yeah, I, I guess that's the, the thing I was thinking at the end was was there a moment. I don't know, what what was there a moment maybe when he was investigating the bed or something that sort of suggested that he was going to have this person's soul, you know, latched on? But he him? had already I just, I didn't uh, remember he had anything lit the like fire,
0: though. He's the one that started the fire, so it happened.
1: Oh, Issa was the yeah, one who right? lit the fire? Oh, I didn't oh, get well, that.
0: Well, I, okay. I, th- I th- thought that was implied when he notices that he was at the... Uh, at the wedding, unless that was somebody else with cloudy eyes I mean, then the, in the video.
1: that could No, that could be totally, that could exactly be it. And that's the thumb drive that he throws on the table. Well, I wanted
0: you. to ask you about that. Yeah, so the movie kind of like Issa's okay. storyline ends with him after they had that night together. He goes to work and puts a USB thumb drive on the desk of his boss and says, case is closed. And yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I do have some questions about that. It was like, well, what is... Yeah, we haven't seen the thumb drive before. I don't think so. I, I, I'm like, well, right. what is on that? The wedding video, or did he like type some Microsoft Word documents yeah. and put them on a thumb drive? Um,
1: <laughs> Here's yeah, gifts. and it, or
0: is he is he somehow turning himself in as the person that started the fire? Because like, what would you put <laughs> in an well, investigation like that? Like, I mean, who are you going to blame? You know?
1: Yes, I was. I was already a step removed from okay. all of that to To the point where he threw the thumb drive on the table, and I just literally made no connection at all. I was just like, yeah. "What? Why? What is that?" So, but you're right. So if he put the video on the thumb drive, then he's basically saying, "I'm the one who, yeah, did it." But then the video doesn't really no. prove anything. Um, hmm. I think it's a, it's a know. slight I'm, I'm loose thread, thread. I think
0: as far as the plot of right. this goes and also and and, and i don't I say, know that i
1: needed that yeah, scene yeah totally i
0: don't know that i need that wrapped up whatsoever um because i, I like i said yeah. I, I don't think there is a way of wrap, like what you know how would you wrap that up yeah what are you going to yeah. say i mean right. a bigger thing would be to implicate the the boss of these men who had not paid them for 4 months like if if i had known that that's yeah. what was on that thumb drive yeah okay there's the justice of the movie right as far as that goes um but that guy had already paid the women; they got their money. That was another thing mm-hmm. that they revealed um, at the bar. But it's not his story; it really is Ada's and uh, and Suleiman's in a way, even though he's kind of there vicariously. Um, and it ends with Ada's. So I-, I didn't want to get too hung up on that, but I do want to ask about it because, yeah it's it's a little it's a little loose for me as far as that goes.
1: For um,
0: sure. Anything else that stood out that you liked, disliked, questioned that we haven't talked about? There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of this movie we didn't cover. Uh, but
1: actually, the only the only other thing is I, I like the um, monologue yeah. at the end, just her her last few uh, statements, that and I, and I think that is all tied to her uh, making sweet love to Suleiman's soul <laughs> and. And and well and just and just in that way. I mean, you pointed this out to me. I didn't even think about it at the time, but it is kind of her claiming her her independence yeah. in a way, you know, in the way that she can in this the way this world functions. But um, but I kind of and, and I guess I guess that answers the next question too. But I was kind of like at the very end, she said, "I am Ada." And I don't know. I I I didn't feel like the story was about her trying to figure out her identity, but honestly, I guess it was. I mean, she was always torn between things and wasn't sure what to do and didn't really feel comfortable in her own skin, I guess. And uh, and maybe at the end she just has a lot of clarity on, you know, how she feels and how she's going to conduct the rest of her life. But I guess that was going to be my question, was why do you think, why the I am Ada? Yeah. Like, it didn't seem like a uh, clear line. I don't line. know. I mean,
0: I, I'm, I'm now kind of able, as we're talking about it, like, I think you could say that that she would be able to live independently now versus what Mm -hmm. we see at the beginning of the film is a woman who's maybe building her identity through this man, Suleiman. And over the course of the whole film, that is what she is obsessed with. And I think perhaps that transition to standing up to Omar, standing up to her mother after the virginity test, like, okay, we see in those moments that she's become something of herself versus, you know, wrapped up in in either of these men that are kind of in her life romantically or not romantically. Um, Issa complicates that. But I honestly, like I could have gone without that last line because I wrote down the line right before it. And I loved it. You know, she's sort of talking in that monologue about like last night, we'll stay with her to show her who she is. And, the, the line she has is, "Ada to whom the future belongs, which I thought that's just such a great yeah. way of phrasing it, Like, to whom the future belongs. Like, I, it, you could have left it for me there and I would have been like, "Yeah, oh, that's awesome. And yeah, I think you could have. And there was like other stuff too where she said like, um, and I think this was maybe through some voiceover in and around the sex scene, but she said, I'll always taste the salt of your body and the sweat of mine, which like, had he not died in yeah. the ocean, I'd be like, mm, I don't know about that line. But, like, you know, it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, there's, like, again, that sort yeah. of connection to the ocean. I'm um, like, yeah, no, that, that works. That's poetry. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: That's super really yeah. nice.
0: Uh, did you notice, Craig, that the phone number that calls her iPhone, that she's not able to identify, the first three numbers were 704?
1: Yeah, that was, was your number. Char-
0: that's a Charlotte area code. It was not my number? actual number. Um,
1: yeah, I, I
0: maybe had a seven or four number as a kid, although I don't know. But I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, that is. I, don't crazy. I didn't count yeah. the rest of the numbers. I'm sure it's not uh, an actual Charlotte number, but somebody should call <laughs> it and just see if someone in uh, uh, at, at NASCAR's headquarters open or uh, picks up the phone. It'd be great. <laughs> right.
1: Um, Camelot records. No,
0: I don't know. I there's one other line I wrote down that I just liked was uh, you know when they were when she shows up to the bar that night that she snuck out and that's where they find out the news has reached them that these men left and they didn't tell, uh, the, the women that they were involved with. And yeah. somebody says, the boys have gone out to sea. And like, just the way, like just chopping that up and phrasing it like that. I was like, oh, I kind of like that. Like, And I don't even know if that's just a yeah. translation or the subtitle or what, but uh, I was like, I don't know. I like it. And, um, I don't know. Like, I never really questioned... Maybe we should just talk about this last thing. The fact that they didn't tell uh, the women that they were going. And I can't remember, did they explain why?
1: They didn't. I I just assumed it was for better economic prospects. I mean, you've got Omar who, yeah, he spends so much time out of the country. Like, they were just going to Spain to Mm. get jobs and I assume to come back. Well,
0: I mean, like what... Uh, do you understand why they didn't tell uh, the women that they were going?
1: I have okay. no idea. Well, no, there there did seem to be an an explanation I feel, I feel of like that. I was, and I'm blanking. Where it seems like it was it was almost a spur of the yeah. moment type thing, where they all sort of talked each other into doing it, and then they went and did it. And and none of them were really dudes who knew how to. You oh, know, one of boat. them didn't even know
0: how to swim. I think they said it was like her little brother. Yeah. And maybe it was just, I can't remember if there was something about it. they didn't want to tell him because they didn't want him to try to talk him out of it or something like that. Or it's just too, I mean, I think yeah. the opening, once you find out what's happened, it's easy to look at the opening in hindsight and go that Suleiman was trying to tell Ada and then just ultimately couldn't. And also, yeah. like, she walked, she was just kept saying, like, no, just wait till tonight, you know? And you Right. Just, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I think that's, that's, exactly that's totally right. how you're supposed to look at that scene in, in retrospect. But, um, you know, I don't know if he actually would have gone through with it or not, but that's certainly what he was wrestling with, I think. Um, yeah. Anyway, really interesting film, I think. Um, it, it's definitely one that I think is a good kind of introduction to that world and also in a way that is it's not going to bore you, you know? And it, I mean, look, that's just mm-hmm. the reality. Sometimes when watching international films, if you're not accustomed to doing that frequently is the pace looks a little bit differently. The, the you know, the story arc looks differently. There's you got a read reading it. involved. Uh, this one is like what hour 45 and it moves and there's, you know, yeah. some moments of little scariness going on and weirdness. And, um, Again there's not a single white person in it so you should see it for no other reason mm-hmm. than that because it's good to see yeah. that in the world and uh, I highly recommend it I think
1: I do too. Um, I, I liked it it was uh, it kept things very <laughs> simple but it was always uh, you know for the most part it was always very clear and uh, yeah it just it just held me the whole way through cool.
0: go check it out on Netflix. I don't think it's going anywhere. Uh, I suspect it will be there uh, in perpetuity. So the movie is Atlantics, and thank you for listening. Craig, you have the last words.
1: Uh uh, I, I am Ada. Hmm. Bye.